Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Yes, welcome to the Rush Hour. Gus, Jude and Wendell, follow us on our socials at Rush Hour Triple M. We should be calling the cricket, but the West Indies aren't very good at cricket. (laughs) And they got knocked over before lunch on day three. So nearly another two-day test match, which they've been involved in already. But uh, there you go. I'm still in Adelaide, in the Adelaide studios, and looking down the line at you two beautiful men. How are you, Jude? G'day, Dell. How are you, brother? Mate, going well. Looking forward to the weekend. It's going to be steaming hot here in Sydney. So, uh, yeah, can't wait for the weekend and... uh, yeah, getting everyone home. Hey, what about you, Del? Mate, I'm good, mate. I, I flew back in uh, last night from uh, Tisa's 21st. But, Gussie, can I ask you, um, with the cricket, Adelaide, you know, it's obviously iconic ground. Wouldn't it have been better to schedule it like on a Thursday, Friday, rather than like sort of earlier in the week? Or yeah, that's mid-week? why the, the Premier of South yeah. Australia said exactly the same thing. He yeah. agrees with you, Del, as yeah. most of the people do. But they're keeping the bar open at the ground till 5.30 tonight, which is another couple of hours. So okay. if you got into the ground, you watched a couple of hours of cricket, yep. you can have a muck around, you can still sort of enjoy your day, and people having a few beers can still do that. But you're right, no weekend yeah. cricket, and um, there's a toss-up there. Why would you start on a Wednesday? Every test match always starts on a Thursday. But yeah. there you go, but... Um, I, I hear that we do have a montage mm. of some of the stuff that happened at the cricket. Now, knowing you clowns, this is going to make me look like an absolute goose. No, not no, at no, all. We just want to hear some of the, uh, the amazing scenes. Yeah. So, Triple M Cricket. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Adelaide Oval. Welcome back to the Adelaide Oval. Triple M Cricket. Welcome back to Adelaide, Adelaide Oval, I should say. Which <laughs> Oval? Swallowed a fly. <laughs> Gus Wallen, Junior Warren, Bird Hughes. They've never made a mistake. Nah. Now, hang on, Gus. Which which oval? We've got a tape of saying which oval we're playing at here. The Adelaide Oval. Hang on. Welcome back to Adelaide Oval. Adelaide Oval, I should say. <laughs> we got a stroke. <laughs> stroke. I think you get a numb tongue or something. <laughs> Been to the dentist. It oh. happens. Huh? When you speak so often, it does happen. Well, I'll learn to shut up occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit hard I'm doing this job. <laughs> now, Gussie, the central commentary position, I mean, we know you love. There was an excitement of getting you back in there, but... <laughs> Uh, now, I'll tell you what, 360-degree feedback from Merv Hughes. Look yeah. out. Oh, mate, yeah. Merv will never miss you, and, of course, he's never made a mistake in his life <laughs> yeah. as well. So for Junior War to pick up on it, you know that Merv was kept... – he said to me at the end, I didn't go too hard on you. I said, Merv, who cares, mate? Yeah. It's and cricket. We're having a laugh. Exactly. So. Good on you, mate. Thanks, boys. Don't worry about all the good stuff I did anyway. <laughs> time now for one of these. Yeah, so much going on in Australia. Of course, the tennis at the Australian Open down there in Melbourne, finishing after 3am this morning. A whole lot of scheduling drama, a lot of people giving them stick for it. Uh, What are your thoughts, boys, on a match starting at 11.15? Yeah, it's a bit ridiculous for mine. When you've got like 30 people in the stands, by the time the game finishes or the match finishes, it just... It sort of lessens the product, but I know obviously it's a it's a global stage, so that's good for broadcasting overseas. But you'd love to think the people who have paid good money to sit in those stands in Rod Laver or John Kane Arena just to be able to witness amazing tennis. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. It, it, right. Yeah, you go. It's it's too late. I think it's too late for the athletes. I mean, the athletes do what they have to do, but like yeah. even the fans. I think you just said it there. You know, reiterate that. Like you know, it, it is a good product, and even. 
going overseas and stuff, they'll see it. But yeah, your body, you know what it's like oh, as an athlete too, Drew. Like, mate, getting ready at 11 o'clock and you've got to get your mindset on you. And we've only got two Australians now left with Storm Hunter and Alex Demonor left. So uh, yeah, good luck to Storm Hunter tonight. Yeah, us athletes need to look after ourselves. <laughs> Our NRL, uh, some positive stuff coming out of the storm about Pappenhausen, Dell. Yeah, look, I think this is great. You know, there was talk last year, you know, Paps, you know, obviously got injured and we all feel for him because everyone's going to do really well. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot of talk about him, you know, m- maybe ready for like round one, which is going to be awesome because, mate, he's a player that you want. They talked about maybe the Storm shopping around. They said that's nonsense, but he's a player that we all pray and that, that he does really well and gets back and back to his best. 100%. What about this? Sean Johnson in a moon boot. That doesn't necessarily mean a big deal. However, it's still not fantastic for the Warriors. No, but if, if you if you want Sean Johnson in a moon boot, it's this time of the season, okay? Like, yeah. he's, he's a bit older and you know what he's going to do. He, he'll be right for round one. And, you know, you, you'd play him in one or two trials. But, like, he's just so seasoned. And, you know, he, he was virtually – well, he, has, he had his best season last year. So uh, they're across it and he'll be okay. We're talking to Woodsy in about 20 minutes' time. Yeah. We've got a couple of new rule changes there, but a couple in particular. Do you want to talk at all about those, Del? Well, I just think that the one with uh, the kickoff, um, Jude. Yeah, absolutely. So play the ball rather than uh, rather than the penalty. So they're incentivising those short kicks. Um, well, you know, as we talked, it's a skill set. Like rugby union do it well, you know, the short kickoffs. And we saw Adam Reynolds, you know, he tried, in the a, couple final, of times. tried a couple of times. He's always going to back. But I think, you know, it's repetition. And, and look, Reynolds usually does it pretty well. But, you know, they're trying to speed the game up and, you know, that's I can understand what they're trying to do. But I don't want to tinker with too much. Too many rule changes. And I don't want to speed the product up, but let's just keep it how it is. Yeah, it's a bit fo- – it sort of just makes a bit of a focus on yeah. something different, I suppose. And we just want to watch the product, which is so good. What yeah. about the cricket? The big bash semi start tonight with the Sixers versus the Brisbane Heat. Whoever wins that straight into the grand final, then you've got the striker scorchers in the el- elimination. Yeah. What about the Wallabies? Got a brand-new coach, a Kiwi, John Schmidt. He's – Absolute champion, did a fantastic job with the Irish team, Dell. Um, I know we had an absolute Barry Crocker with Eddie, but this one could be a good one. Yeah, well, look, look I think what, what I want to see from, like, just the, the public in general also, you know, we, we're just going to have to strip it all back and, and you've got to block and we've got to be patient with him. To, but he'll, he'll know what to do. And you know this, Gussie, uh, he'll know what to do but we've got to get the right people around him, the right sponsors, and let him do what he needs to do. And people said, oh, mate, do you care if it's a Kiwi coach or whatever? I, 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 don't, I don't care. care. Yeah. Mate, it's our national team. This is, this is how it is these days. Yeah, I think we just need to be patient. That's the most important thing. Uh, Jude, Socceroos through to the quarterfinals, win their last match. They stay on top of the group, which means they'll have a slightly better quarterfinal. But that's a good result for them just to keep on winning. Yeah, Jackson, Irvine scored against Syria last night, so it was good to see them now into the round of 16. So keep rolling. NFL playoffs this weekend, Texas versus the Ravens, Packers and 49ers tomorrow morning, uh, sorry, Sunday morning and on Monday morning, the Bucks and Lions and the Chiefs and the Bills should be fantastic. I cannot wait, uh, Jude. I'm looking forward to that Bills-Chiefs game. The Chiefs have got a hold of the Bills recently, uh, last few playoff series, so it's at the Bills' home ground, though, where it's been ridiculous snow. It certainly has. And the last thing, the, the NFL International Player Pathway Program has just been announced. Class of 2024, got a couple of Aussies, Patrick Murtaugh and also Jotham Russell. So we'll actually keep an eye on them to see how they go and could be very exciting. There's also a couple of players that have jumped out of Six Nations squads um, over yep. in Europe. They're going to give it a crack in the NFL as well. So that will be nice and interesting and we'll keep you up to date. We're about to open up the phone lines with best slogans that you've 
ever seen. To give you an example of the type of stuff they're after, over to you, Jude Bolton. Oh, well, I've just always loved the slogans uh, around the place. Um, I remember being over in the States, there was a huge, big billboard and it was it was for an airline and it wouldn't cut the... Uh, cut it now with this sort of uh, environment we're in. But yeah. <laughs> this particular airline was really notorious for you know, young air hostesses and the billboard read and it had a, a gorgeous young lady on one end of the billboard and an older lady at the end of it and it said, um, we'll fly you to see your grandmother, not with your grandmother. <laughs> that was the that was the slogan. You could not possibly you couldn't get away with it now. I think. Probably having a crack at American Airlines that still have still have quite a few of the older oh, ladies yeah, flying. Loyalty. The hey. Loyalty's a big thing. You've got to reward loyalty, boys. <laughs> Absolutely. What about you, right. Del? <laughs> oh, look, I've got a good one here. Um, um, a gourmet sausage. You know, we all love a sausage, you know, every now and then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about this? At Farmer John, we're proud of our little wieners. <laughs> it's not too bad. What about you, Gussie? I like it. What about this one? Old Spice, the original. If your grandfather hadn't worn it, you wouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Player. Yeah. Really, really nice stuff. So that's the type of stuff we're after. Best slogans you've ever seen. We're going to start the ball rolling. We've got Noel on the line. G'day, Noel. G'day, Gus. How are you? I'm very good, mate. What's your slogan? Happy New Year to you all. Yeah, Thank you. Happy New Year. G- gentlemen and Wendell. Thank you, mate. Appreciate <laughs> <laughs> <sure> that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, ma- many, many years ago, I used to work with a, a certain Prime Minister. We travelled down to Noreen um, to his country ho- house, and it was around about that time there was a. Remember Lego's paste? Yeah. Cooking paste? Yeah. Well, he, the ad was open the Lego's, Mum, here comes Dad with the meat. Oh, oh what? <laughs> referee! No, I referee! Don't... Whoa! whoa. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> hey, hey, boys, that's going to be hard to beat. I can't yeah. believe we've gone with that off the top. Let's go, yeah. let's go to Dee in Thornley. How are you, Dee? Wow. I'm, I'm okay, but I'm shocked by that. I'm, yes. I'm a bit shocked too, <laughs> Dee. We all are. Can you, can you lift the standard, please, Dee? What's your best slogan you've heard? <laughs> I don't know about this one. Um, back in late sort of 70s, um, I was part-time working at an Angus and Coote store, uh, just uni, Thursday night, Saturday mornings, and they sold a range of glassware called Orifice, which um, <laughs> I know, I know, that's not the worst of it. Um, oh. It was it was a very textured glass and it felt like, you know, it had bubbles all over it. But the slogan was, touch me, you'll love it. But um, wow. all the girls in the shop had to wear the T-shirt with, touch me, you'll love it. It's crossed oh. our chest. Oh, yes. oh no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <We lasted> one, <laughs> this, this was in the middle of Parramatta. We lasted one Thursday night and then refused to wear the shirt ever again. Yeah, fair enough. Fair I, enough. Thank I, you. I saw a beer in uh, in Utah. It was polygamy beer. Yeah. And there's oh. these writhing bodies on the logo on the front and it said, you cannot stop at one. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go to Reg. Let's go to Reg. How are you, Reg? Hey, boys. How are you? Yeah, welcome, welcome to the Rush Hour, mate. What's the best slogan you've seen? Hey, I've got it shown up here. The best one ever. See you in the NT. Oh, yes. It is outstanding. Yeah. People in Darwin absolutely love, I love it, 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 mate. I send it to a mate a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gussie, can you let me finish off with one here? This is, of course. We're, we're very old school here. Okay. Remember, we used to love our computer games and Frogger and all that. Remember Sega? Yeah. Sega, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think this would float, uh, fly these days. <laughs> the more you play with it, the harder it gets. <laughs> <laughs> Great call. Thank you so much. 
Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, June and Wendell. Let's talk to Woodsy. On this show, we get afternoon wood. And here it is now. The bearded NRL and blues legend himself. It's Aaron Woods. Yeah, and he's just had a brand new Barbara, a little boy. Congratulations, Congratulations, Woodsy. Congratulations, To you and the family, mate. How's, how's everything going? Hey, legends. Uh, it's going real good, mate. It's um, normal nights for me, but sleepless nights for the for the wife at home. She's been unreal. <laughs> um, she's just, you know, settled in third time, so it's like going to train and she knows what to do. <laughs> Woodsy, obviously, uh, little Mac. you got little Mac there, and uh, mate, how good's it been? But also your wife, mate. What a legend. Oh, honestly, Del, she's a trooper, mate. I, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed to say I've got a great wife like Sarah, but I'm also happy that I'm a man because mm. what, I, what I've seen and what they got to go through, Del, um, bloody hell, mate. Geez, I don't think I could do that. So um, playing footy is probably the easy part. And, yeah, going home to the uh, chaos, as I call it at the moment, uh, it's probably you know, still learning how to be a dad of three, mate. Now, Woodsy, obviously the uh, NRL season kicks off in Las Vegas, but I was shocked to see you as the face of the NRL mm. in Las Vegas mm. representing the code. Unbelievable scenes, mate. You were shocked, dude. That's 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 an outrage, mate. Honestly. <laughs> well, you, do you have a of... suffer imposter syndrome at oh, one stage there or not? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I felt like I was Wendell Saylor for 10 days. <laughs> right. but, uh, <laughs> honestly, it was it was honestly it was one of the best best little trips I've ever done, dude. You go over Amazing. there. Um, all the all the all the Americans had no idea what we were, and we just had to go over there and promote the game. You know, yeah, like amazing. so. There was honestly times like I remember we got there straight away. So the first day we got in there, it was like um, you know we got there at about six in the morning. Uh, we had a four over layover at um, LA, and then straight into Las Vegas. And you know we were pretty tired from the, all the travel. Um, but then I remember going in the lift, going up in the lift, and then where we were staying. You look at the little bit of a, it was like a commercial in the lift, and it was like Ludacris is playing there that night. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so we had to get all the business done first, and then there was a little bit of pleasure later on after it. <laughs> hey, Woodsy, why would you wear a Chicago Cubs hat when you're promoting Manly and the NRL? Yeah. Well, well, let me tell you one thing, Gus. I'll never wear a Chicago Cubs because I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. I'm sorry, oh, sorry. The balls, the balls. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, um, they told us that we were going to get some Raiders gear, so I was going to be wearing ah. the Raiders gear, and they only gave us a jacket. And um, it wasn't because of only our social team at Triple M picked up on it. No one else picked up on it that was there, and they absolutely hammered and crucified <laughs> We love you, mate. That's why. Hey, Woodsy, to, to, to be fair to you blokes, mate, you did a really good job over there too because you know, I was with Seabow on the weekend and, he, you know, you, you've done a wonderful job. But even Billy Walters, Billy Walters, some of the boys are going, oh, mate, what about Billy gets to go over there? But a few of the Bronco boys didn't really want to go, like Patrick Carrigan, because they'd just been overseas and some of them didn't want to go back over. But you guys did a pretty good job over there. How, how good? I'm telling you, Dell, they've got rocks in their head for saying no, mate. It was, one, it was a trip of a lifetime, you know. We got to go spruit the game. We got to tell people what rugby league was. Oh, see, look. The other thing as well, which I've got to give Andrew Abdo, you know, a clap on the back for is a lot of people back here uh, were sort of spraying us because we're calling it rugby. Yeah. But what we wanted, we just wanted to get the thought process in their head. We're not going to change and convert them straight away, yeah. but it was the ball. The ball was the big talking point for us. Um, so when we when we were over there, everywhere we went, we took the football with us and everyone was like, oh, you those rugby guys. Like, oh, it's a similar sport, but it's not quite rugby. And, you know, we just tried to pave a way, but you didn't want to get the full thing. But it was just so hard because – you got all these people who've never seen rugby league before. You're just trying to teach them something. But like you said, people like Billy Walters, he was outstanding, mate. He was awesome. He was a great ambassador for the Broncos. Um, he was just spruiking the game, and they did such a good job of it. Now, what about the rule change that the NRL swept in for this season, mate? What did you make of it? 
Oh, what do I make of it, Jude? Oh, mate, how long you got? Um, honestly, <laughs> we had the refer- uh, we had the referees today at training, and um, we gave away a couple of penalties early on just because of that downtown rule. So we can't if they've got a kicker, you can't take off in front of a ruck, not until the kick's gone. So um, they're going to be policing that very heavy. Uh, and the one that I'm really not sure about is lifting the leg because mm. um, the referees were still weren't too sure at training what we had to do because. I was saying now, if you've got two people in a tackle up high and you lift the leg, the third, say the third person lifts the leg, that could be classed as a penalty or a six again. Honestly, it's, it's a contact sport. We're not playing Oztag. We're playing rugby league. There's going to be some contact and there's going to be some dangers in some tackles. So there's things that you can and can't do, but, yeah, it's going to be a real tricky one for these trials. And it's going to be, you know, there's going to be a few six agains of penalties blown. Yeah, no, absolutely. Woodsy, thank you so much for joining us. Well done on what you did in the States and obviously look forward to seeing you over there in Vegas, but we'll talk to you soon, brother. No worries, guys. It was a uh, pity you had to come in because of bloody cricketers, eh? Oh, that's all right, mate. Oh, it's, mate. It's, it's what we do, Woodsy. This is what you got to do, mate. This will be you soon, Woodsy, so don't worry, mate. Good on you, Woodsy. Best, Thanks, guys. mate. Dell, massive weekend for you, mate. Very special. The girl that literally has your heart and has you wrapped around your finger. It was her 21st birthday. Yeah, it's been quite funny, Gussie, because uh, Matisse's birthday, uh, she turned 21 on Tuesday. And, you know, um, and it's funny having a daughter. I know, you know, yeah, with with your daughters, I, I get to learn a bit from you. But um, flew to Brisbane, had a couple of days with her, uh, which was quite funny. But for me, it started on the weekend also because Anthony Seabold is my best mate. Mm. It was his daughter, Bella's 21st, mm. and that's Tisa's godfather. But also your daughter was there. Yeah, yeah. So it was... Abby was there. She had an absolute ball. Yeah. She said you were the life of the party, and yeah. she left about midnight. She said you were still there. Well, I was there with Seabs. Like, it's not your twenty-first, mate. No, I know, but it, you know what? It was good to be there with your friends and family, like Seabs and his wife Holly, who's, who's a legend. But then even going to Brisbane now, our family from North Queensland sort of came down too, and you know they've had a pretty tough time recently too um, up there with the weather. So anyway, so you know the, the dinner was going well, and you know, and it's funny, Gussie, how how your daughters can just work you. So, you know, I know it was her 21st and she was working me through the dinner and there's about 15 of us in. And then and then when Tristan at the end, I said, well, what are we going to do? It's a Tuesday night. And then my daughter goes, we've got to go out, Dad. And Tara goes, we're going to go out. So Tristan makes a call to this bar that the Bronco boys go to sometimes. And it was a good just a couple of hours on a Tuesday night and um, she made me dance, you know, and it was funny. But I just loved her, mate. It was Hang just... on, she made you dance. Well, oh, mate. I tell you what, it's, it's very hard for, for, for young girls sometimes to want to dance with their dads, you know, because it's it's always been about, like, whether it's Tristan or me, but it was quite funny. And, and, uh, are you twirling her around or what Well, you the doing? funny thing was when we were dancing, she goes, come on, she goes, come on, big man, let's dance. And it was it's actually quite nice. And when we're dancing, she's, um, she's twirling me around and she's laughing. And um, and it was a really good night, but uh, I got to say the hardest part of it was was yesterday in the airport sitting there for six hours because our flights were delayed. But it was mm. good to see her and her best friend and just see the young woman she's become now. Like, yeah, and it's you're been so good. proud of her, aren't you? I am so proud of her. But um, let's just say I've had two twenty firsts in in virtually six days. So that's enough twenty first for me. But uh, really <laughs> good twenty first with Matisse. And but the hardest thing too, Gussie, was listening to her and her best friend talk about dating and falling in love and and when oh, they went. Oh, the, are they on all the apps and stuff like that? What they're doing? I'm not sure if they're on the, on the apps, but I think when they went overseas to Ireland and Italy and had that couple of weeks, and it's different. <laughs> listening to them talk about like you know um, dating and that, but but that's you know we've taught them well, and uh, it, it's their time now. Yeah, now it's their time for sure. And you've got all this uh, to look forward to, Jude. Yeah, uh, but it's all ahead of me. It's uh, yeah, I, yeah. We'll sit there and uh, 
just pick the eyes out of what oh, you guys have done and hopefully learn. We'll see. We'll see. Look, there's no doubt in the world that, you know, that what, what you're teaching them now without mm. even thinking about it will put them in good stead. But it's just a change for the dad in particular when you're right, Del, when they start talking about dating and yeah. they're on the apps, whether they say they're on the apps or not, they're having a go. That's they're right. A, you know, they're, they're looking for a bit of fun and stuff. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's something that we have to need to get our heads around. For, great first hour, boys, and thanks, Del. And, to for share that story with yeah. us. Absolutely beautiful. Boys, a bit of a warning to Sydney beachgoers. Pollution in water after all the heavy rain we've been having in New South Wales. Multiple beaches across Sydney and the Central Coast have been declared unsuitable for swimming after recent rain flush pollution into the water. Ooh. The contamination sort of sewage leaking into the stormwater drains after uh, all the all the rain we've had. So just got to be super, super careful. Go and make sure you go to Beachwatch online and monitor the pollution forecast before you jump in the in the drink. And that also goes for creeks and stuff in, in the inner cities uh, and, and the west of Sydney because uh, those creeks are contaminated as well. And they're also saying the bulging population along the coastline, a big contributing factor, Gussie. I think, uh, you know, they're saying that each person generates about 200 litres of sewage a day, the kitchen, the bathroom, washing machines, etc. So... Our sewer mains are often the built when uh, when we didn't have that population. Uh, Western Sydney University Water Science Ian Wright said, "Well, that's unbelievable when you think about two hundred litres every single <laughs> yeah. person." Especially, yeah, especially me, Gus. I go, I like going oh, into the cove. No, especially you. No, but I like going into the cove there down there at uh, Miller's Point, you know, like, and I, I still think it's all right. So people going, oh, mate, are you, are you worried about the sewage and all that sort of stuff? Mate, I don't think about that, but now I, now I will be. Well, you just got to check it, mate. That's yeah. all, because a lot of the places mm. might be okay, but okay. it's an absolute worry. And, of course, at the end of the day, we love our beaches, we love our water, we love swimming. Yes. And the, when the weather's hot and humid, that's what we like to do. So let's just make sure you check it out. You don't want to be swimming around in, with nuggets and all oh. those other bits and bobs oh, going on. But, 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 but oh, you know what? Who cares if you don't know? Who cares? <laughs> what? Like, what, what, you don't want to swim into a Kachita, oh, a Kachito like, bar. Hey, you, you're talking <laughs> about this, uh, Jude. On Sunday, it's predicted to be about, what? It's been 38 on 30, Sunday. 38 on Sunday. Crazy. Absolutely. No reprieve. I'll have the dick stickers out and the Crocs. Oh. Don't worry about that. <laughs> happy, happy days. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Let's do a cricket update. Yeah, we thought we'd talk about the Adelaide Test match. 3-0 against Pakistan, 1-0 with one test to go against the Windies. The all-conquering Australian team are marching on and we're going to go now to one of the commentary team, one of my great mates, absolute champion, Callum Ferguson, is on the line. We've got him in Adelaide. How are you, mate? I'm great, actually. I'm, I'm fantastic. Just having lunch with our major sponsor, Discovery Parks, who are fantastic supporters of Triple M Cricket. They obviously didn't get their full day's worth. That was their big day. So, um, obviously, the test match finishing early. We're looking after them at a, at a nice lunch. Yeah. Good on you, big fella. Of course, the test match, 188 in the first innings to the West Indies, 283 for Australia, led by nearly 100. And then last night, Hazelwood does the damage. They roll them over this morning for 120, and they have to chase down 26. They win by 10 wickets. And uh, Head was the hero, the man of the match. Hazelwood was right Stiff. behind him. Oh. And also Shamir Joseph was a class act for the Windies. Let's go through it. Firstly, Kawaja oh. has gone for, te- for, uh, for some scans. He has got through the first protocol concussion test. There'll be another one for him tomorrow. Um, so everything's looking okay for Rosie at the moment, Ferg. Yeah, no, it's it's really important that you go through these processes properly and make sure that everyone is 100% okay before taking any further action with regards to training or looking to play again. So good to hear 
that Usman is okay because it was a nasty hit. It was a good delivery from Shamar Joseph. Again, he has been the bright light for uh, the West Indies throughout this series. But great to hear Usman's okay and fingers crossed he's right for the next test. Callis, Stu Bolton speaking, mate. Uh, Josh Hazelwood's nine-wicket haul career best. I mean, he's he had the three-wicket maiden in Sydney against Pakistan. I mean, he's just been in fantastic form for us, hasn't he? He really has been. And, and look, it's been a tough couple of years for Josh. Mm. He hasn't been able to stay out in the park and put too many test matches together. So to see him get an extended run, the body hold up well is fantastic news for not just him, but also the Australian team. He's such an important cog in this lineup. It's such a strong Australian bowling attack. And... You know, to see him rolling through the West Indies top order two days or two innings in a row was fantastic. Um, I've had the unfortunate pleasure of facing Josh Hazelwood with the new ball at Adelaide Oval, and it's not pretty. So it was a, a wonderful performance, and I, I, uh, I'm, I'm certainly uh, excited by the fact that he could potentially be putting a, a, a good two-year period together for the Australian team because we've missed him. Yeah. Mate, I'm going to ask you about the Big Bash. Uh, obviously, um, it's in Sydney here. They're a bit upset because no sixes uh, are in the team of the tournament, voted by the coaches. But the Brisbane Ooh. Heat have set a wonderful standard. And I know the strikers are in there too, and they've been playing some pretty good cricket. Yeah, the strikers were a bit slow out the, out the blocks this uh, this summer, but they have come good late, and they'll put some pressure on Perth, uh, Perth over there. Uh, having lost a few players, Perth Scorchers running into the finals, um, overseas players heading away again to play in a different tournament, so that hurts them. But the Sixers, gee whiz, what about that chase over yeah, in yeah. Perth the other night? That is yes. by far and away the best chase we've seen, I think, in the history of the Big Bash. There's been some other good ones, but over in Perth, you don't see the Scorchers concede anything near not 190, let alone 198. So yeah. the, the Sixers are running hot at the right time, and they are such consistent performers. I think they've got a real shot against the Heat. I think this game is going to be a tight one, but I, you're taking the Heat away from their home ground. And yep. The Gabba, they've been so strong. They've got to go to Carrara, which is a ground that hasn't been used this year. So mm. I think it might be a, a wicket that suits the spinners for the uh, the Sixers, but also the Quicks, who are, are very adept at playing on a wicket that's potentially got a bit of up and down about it. I don't like the Heat on a wicket that's not even. I, I think the Sixers are a good thing. And what about just back on the test? I mean, Travis Head, he's, he's man of the match, a, a gutsy hundred on a little bit tougher wicket than expected in Adelaide, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, spot on. And and this wicket, we, we sort of wondered what it would look like. Um, we've seen it with a pink ball for a long period of time now, but a red ball mm. at Adelaide Oval was something of an unknown international level. In shield cricket, seeing low scores like this is common. Yeah. You see it all the time. You quite often see games finish in, in the, on the third day and not quite make it to, to the fourth day. So I was really interested to see what they do with this pitch. And it was a pretty similar wicket to what you'd see in the Shield. So an inexperienced West Indies lineup against what is one of the greatest ever attacks we've had as an Australian team, that, that always spelled a bit of trouble. Once I saw that wicket on day one with the amount of grass on it that it had, I was a bit concerned about the contest and ended up being um, exactly what what we've seen in Shield cricket, low scores and Travis Head's ability to score on wickets where everyone else is struggling over two years, he has become extremely consistent at putting these match-winning performances on the board. 
His ability to hit the middle of the bat when no one else can is extraordinary. Yeah. He's an extraordinary player, an extraordinary bloke as well. I had a chance to chat to him on the Oval after, boys, when he got man of the match, mm. and he's just such a champ, and we'll have him on the show as we did pre-test match next week. Thanks a lot, Cal. Go back and do what you do best, smooth. big fella. Go and smooth. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's no one that smooths better than Gus Wallace, but I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. Thanks, guys. 100%. Good on you, mate. Yeah. Cal Ferguson, part of the Triple M commentary, an absolute ripper, Blake. Now, Gussie, we know that you uh, took off to to see your lovely family in the UK um, during the break, and uh, mm. you, you made a little trip across to Europe while you were there as well. While you are mm. in the UK, you got to get across because it was uh, Milan Fashion Festival, and uh, mm. your daughter's work, our daughter Ella was working at the Fashion Festival, and it's yep. also Vic's birthday, your wife's yeah, exactly. birthday. So a I chance just... to get across. And we know you love the finer things in life. Mm. You, you, you're you used to the, you know, the good quality. I bet you turned up there, you've got your Burberry scarf yeah. on, and you're <laughs> It rolled in and, and looking a million dollars. Tell us what happened. Well, I was doing my best to keep up with Vix and Ellen, to be honest, but thanks, Jude. Yeah, I mean, Milan is a place that I've always been told to go to and it'd be it's a wonderful obviously the history that goes there but the food and the well, Italian your first people. trip to Italian Italy. first time to Italy oh, yeah. well, okay. and and my mum has always said to me you'd love Italy you know they're similar to you you know they're, they're, they're big they love cuddles they like to drink and eat and have a good time they're mm. big on family and community and village and stuff so I was excited about going as well as seeing obviously Ella in you know when you see your daughter out there working you yeah, know it, I can't believe anyone would actually pay her a wage to do anything oh. but <laughs> It, it was just fantastic, and it worked out that we travelled on Vix's birthday, the 7th of January. So we woke up in London, had brekkie there. I went out to this bakery and got some croissants and whatever, and we ended up having dinner in Milan. Now, we're at dinner in Milan. Ella hadn't turned up yet. She turns up at the restaurant. We've got our bags, and we then wander after dinner down to the hotel, and I'm excited about the hotel. Well, well, well. It was a hostel. <gasps> Hang on. You booked the hostel. Who booked it? I didn't book it. I didn't book it. Ella said, I've got it all covered, Dad. I can't believe you're coming. I'm oh. so excited you're going to be here. I've got the accommodation sorted. Wow. So anyway, so I'm shaking my head and I said, I'm not going to spoil this day. The day has been fantastic. Yep, yep. It'll be all right mm. as long as it's clean and mm. whatever. Mm. I walk in. Clean one hostel. bed. One bed. One bed. And the double beds in Europe are a joke. They're not a double bed. They're sort of a queen or maybe like a big single. So, and that's three it. Of you, the three of you yeah. have got to be in the double bed that's in right. a hostel. That's right. And I'm looking, I'm trying to get a Ronnie Coot on Vix's birthday. Oh, yeah. oh whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Ella's in the same room. I mean, it was an absolute oh. bloody disaster. Oh, wow. So there you go. Thanks, Ella, for absolutely nothing. nothing. Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Let's do this. Train, in the car, or on the buses. It's Gus's Big Sports Quiz. There's a bit of everything in Red Rooster's Mega Box. Brought to you by Red Rooster Mega Boxes. The Rooster's calling you to try a Mega Box at Red Rooster today. Yeah, time to take me on in the quiz, and we've got Jason from Botany Bay on the line. G'day, Jace, how are you, brother? Good yourself, mate. Mate, very, very well. Best of luck. I'm going to hand you over to the hostess with the mostest, Mr. Jude Bolton. Yeah, welcome to the Rush Hour, Jace. Uh, looking forward to seeing if you uh, knock our Gus Walland over in this all-rounder sports quiz. Uh, you've got our phone-a-friend, which is Wendell Saylor. He's got the answers for you for one question only in the lead-up. You ready, Roll? Yeah, I might need him. Oh, oh fantastic, I'm here for Jace. you, brother. Like a good Queenslander. All right. <laughs> First one is to Gus. Gus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who scored... For the Socceroos in yesterday's Asian oh. Cup clash versus oh. Syria. Uh, Are you serious? Irvine? Irving? Irvine? What was it? No, what is it? I need clarification. Come on. 
Final right. answer. Three. What's that? Irvine. Yeah. Oh, he's got, got it. it. Jackson. Oh, Jackson. That's a great very, goal. Very good. Very good. Great goal. Righto, Jason. Um, which sport surprisingly announced that it was not going to publish the playing weights of their athletes moving forward? Oh. You can use um, Wendell Sale if you need. You don't have to, but there's only two big codes in Australia, so you can ask me, but Oh, is it uh, rug- rugby? Oh. Are you going to come to me, or what do you want? To, or do you want to lock it in, or do you want to come to me? I'll log in rugby. Oh. <laughs> okay. It no, was AFL, brother. It was mate. pretty poor oh, okay, from yeah, the yeah, AFL yeah. lot. Yeah. All right, Gus. What is the mascot for Michigan University who just won the NCAA football? The Wolverine. Oh, wow. Oh, oh yeah. my God, he's on. You need this, right? Here we go. You got me here still, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Jason, which West Indian bowler took a maiden test five wicket haul in the first test versus Australia yesterday? I'm, I'm here, brother. It was uh, the Joseph. Yes, yes you're on the he board. Didn't need me, oh, yes. Well which one? There was two of them. Shema. Oh, here we go. Shema. Oh. Shema, baby. You just went Irvine before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hang on. <laughs> Yeah, but there's right, not two Irvines in the soccer room. All right, yeah, mate. Here we go. All right, Gussie. Who <laughs> yeah. became the first Aussie man to hold a top 10 singles ranking oh. since Leighton Hewitt? The Demon. Uh, the Demon. Good. Well, yeah. you oh, are, haven't I? You have Did got one. three, and he is sitting on two. Hey, hey, Jace. I'm on it. Yep. I'm on it. At the moment, big fella, I'm not eating the Red Rooster, so I'm going to throw it your way, mate. 200 bucks oh, to spend you. at Red Rooster. Jeez. There's a bit of everything in every Red Rooster mega box. The Rooster's calling oh, you to try man. a mega box at Red Rooster today. Jace from Botany Bay, that is on its way to you. Enjoy it on us here at Fantastic, the Rush Hour. Thanks Jace. for Thanks, being guys. part of the Jeez. show, mate. Awesome, mate. Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell, and the IQ level in the studio has just gone up massively. <laughs> Professor Krista Varity has been studying intermittent fasting for over 15 years. She's got a brand new book out called The Fastest Diet and she's in studio right now. Professor, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me here. It's an absolute pleasure. And um, this new book, The Fastest Diet, why should people buy it? Uh, Well, it it gives um, a nice summary of the recent research in the area. It talks about what intermittent fasting is and has a bunch of really nice recipes. Overall, it's a beautiful book. If you look inside, it's like colorful and cool and Mm. I'm really proud of it. Professor, there's so many Australian men uh, toying and women just toying with the idea of how do we how do we tackle our diets? We know that the the general population is getting a bit more obese in Australia, but um, would tell us some do's and don'ts from intermittent fasting. So, in general, you know, you need to pick a type that works for you. There's two different major types. You can do alternate day fasting where you restrict yourself to about 500 calories every other day. I'm so sorry. I don't know that in kilojoules. Uh, the cal- been, we, we go with calories. That's oh, good. you know them? Okay, yeah. yeah. I've been saying calories all day. Mm. Um, and then, uh, So, 500 calories and then the next day you do whatever you want. So, some people find that one easy and it kind of flip-flops like that. Or you could do 16-8, which is also where you just whittle your eating window down to eight hours per day. So it's pretty simple. I, I don't know. In terms of do's and don'ts, I'd say just try which one works for you. You don't have to count calories, which is the coolest part about it with the uh, the smaller window. It just naturally cuts out 500 calories per day by just like lo- like mm. you know trimming down your eating window. So See, for a person like me, I, I'm, I'm not a big eater, but I, I just love snacking. I just find it hard not to snack. You know, I think, well, you know, I won't have any breakfast, mm-hmm. but then I'll have some lunch, but then I'll snack in the afternoon and then I'll have dinner. It's like, how do you sort of get the discipline to cut out that? Uh, I think you can try it. Well, we always say the first thing is try to not snack after dinner. 
Um, if you can do that, then maybe try to skip breakfast as well. Yep. So you kind of just take it step by step. It is the first 10 days are kind of rough. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. So it takes people a couple of days to adjust to it. But after that, you know, after about a week and a half, it becomes pretty easy. Yeah, Professor, I w- I've, I've lost 40 kilos, put 40 kilos on four times in the last 10 years, ran the New York Marathon in 2014, wow. got down to my Dexter rate of around 105 kilos. And then for some reason, I say to myself, I'm never going to put more than a couple of kilos on before I, I keep doing it. I keep doing it. Discipline thing, issues, whole lot of stuff, emotional stuff. But for me, not eating before midday and finishing by seven or eight o'clock at night has been a game changer. I've lost over oh, 30 kilos that way. And I found it easy because you just look at the clock and go, right, I'm not I'm not eating and I'll drink some water if I feel hungry. Normally I'm thirsty and not hungry. All that stuff, just giving me that simple 12 to 7 or 12 to 8 has been fantastic. So this is what this book's all about. Yeah, and it, it's exactly, it's just so simple. You don't have to calorie count. Like I, I started re- researching this a couple of years ago, or sorry, well, almost 20 years ago now, mm. because I just noticed people get so burnt out with calorie counting. It's just so annoying to have to constantly track stuff in your phone. I forget and, too. Yeah, me yeah. too. I mean, you I forget, forget drinks. whole meals. Oh, really? <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm going a bit easy on myself, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it drinks oh. as well as hard. Like uh, yeah. one beer compared to another is exactly. like 250 or 200. It gets a bit messy. Yeah. And then the kebab after the yeah. years. <laughs> exactly. Professor, exactly. that's that's the issue I think is you've got to find something that's sustainable that you can maintain, isn't yeah. it? Because I, I feel like I'm good during the week and then I'll hit Friday and it's I'll have a, a whole pizza and six beers or something like that. And you go, just wasted that whole preparation. But you know, how do you keep that consistency in your time? So our studies show that people do only stick to these diets five or six days per week. So, you know, you have to be gentle with yourself. Like you can't, a lot of, you don't want to like fall off the diet because you screwed up one day. Mm. That's fine. Just realize, you know, some weeks it's not going to work. Other weeks you're going to be perfect at it, but just try to stick to it. And yeah. Give yourself some some breaks sometimes. Most people don't do the diet on Saturdays. That's what we realized. Like, that's what the science shows, and they still lose weight long term. So. so the simple fact in terms of the science of the body and so forth, if you're not putting as much food on it, you give yourself a big window where there's no tucker going in, more chance for your body then to do what it needs to do to get rid of it and to go in the right places. Is that the basics of it? The basics of it is that you're just losing weight because you're eating less. So you're literally just, we, science shows that we eat in a 12 to 14 hour window. So if you're cutting out six hours, you're just giving yourself less time to eat. So you cut out about 500 calories per day, which for most people, you lose about a pound per per week, which is about half a kilo. Some people have been doing those water fasts for days on end. How dangerous is that? And what sort of advice do you have for those people? I, yeah, I would not recommend the water fasting. It's pretty dangerous. Um, some people are doing that for like weeks on end. Whoa, yeah, it's what? crazy. Yeah, and definitely if you're going to start um, any type of fasting program, if you have diabetes, make sure you work with your doctor because you have to get your medications adjusted. So. Okay, so this book is an absolute cracker. We'll put all the details on where to get it on our socials as well, but it's called The Fastest Diet, the intermittent fasting formula that will supercharge your weight loss. And like you say, I've just had a flick through it. Very colorful, easy to read, some great stories and obviously some great recipes as well. So welcome to Australia and thank you very much for bringing your brain into the studio for us. Oh, thanks for having me. Let's have a great weekend, Dale. Have you a too, great boys. weekend, Jude. And we'll see everyone Monday at 4 o'clock. Yeah. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. Love you guys. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from 4 on Triple M.